You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hello, hello, it's Brooke DeVard, and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. Today's episode is with Mandy. She is a skincare expert. She has studied this. She has written books about it, and she has started a whole online community just for skincare with her co-founder. It's called The Bomb. They have newsletters. It started as just a newsletter when it was La Culture Club. And now there's a whole digital community. They do events. And the whole mission behind everything she does is demystifying skincare, creating more transparency around skincare. And as you all know, that is so needed because I'm obsessed with all of this stuff. And even I get confused sometimes. So it was great to talk to her to get her 101 on polypeptides, probiotics, snail mucus on your face. Like what is all of this stuff and how does it work? I think you guys are going to really enjoy the episode. I really love to see women like Mandy in the space because I'm such a big believer in self-education and educating yourself about the science of skincare, understanding what your skin needs, reading those ingredients. You know, I'm always saying like, if your skin likes something, turn around the bottle, understand what's in it so that you can learn and develop your skincare routine from there. And if you don't have a skincare routine yet, that's okay. Just start thinking towards building one. Like your skin goals are baby steps. I always, always want to encourage you all to do what works for you. What works for me may not work for you, but it's all about self-education and making sure that you are aware of what you're putting on your skin. Thank you so much for continuing to tag me at Naked Beauty Planet as you're listening. I love to see that. I'm at Brooke DeVard on all social platforms. Please subscribe to the show. If you're not subscribed, tell a friend, tell a family member, tell someone you think may love Naked Beauty. I appreciate all of the love and the support. Let's get into the episode. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts, not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence, every inch, stitch, 
Solon logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hello, hello, it's Brooke DeVard, and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. I am here with Mandy Niambi. Perfect. Okay. Thank you for being on the show. I'm so excited. Thanks for having me, Brooke. I'm really happy to be here. Well, I got your book, Fresh Face. Um, (laughs) I'm obsessed with it. I love all of the transparency and just kind of breaking down and demystifying skincare because it is such a confusing space. Sometimes I feel like it's intentionally confusing to get you to buy more product. Absolutely. And the emphasis on natural ingredients is like what I personally love because I make a lot of my own skincare. Tell me a little bit about your personal skincare journey? So I grew up with sensitive skin and eczema. So life was pretty hard trying new products. And my mom was also in a place where she was figuring out beauty for herself as well. So we immigrated here. I was about three or four years old when we came. Where did you immigrate from? So I was born in Belgium, in Antwerp. And my parents were there. My dad was doing his PhD. My mom was doing her bachelor's. And they had first immigrated from Cameroon. And so in Cameroon, there is a really big emphasis on natural ingredients. My mom will bring me like raw shea from Cameroon whenever she travels there. And so coming to the U.S. and seeing this cosmetic industry look totally different was so hard. So I didn't even have the benefit of like my mom's, you know, beauty routine to lean off of. And so we were just trying random things. And Unfortunately for me, I was having like breakouts and allergic reactions to to products. And so finding stuff was so, so hard. And it really wasn't until I was doing my degrees in stem cell biology and nutrition that I felt like I had a roadmap. Like I would read the research papers behind all of the science and then figure out what ingredients mattered for me and then what products to buy. And this is what you studied at Harvard. Yeah. And so I was doing uh, my research is in regeneration. So looking at how limbs and skin regenerates from a genetic level. Fascinating. Is that I always hear about these vampire facials where they put a bunch of needles (laughs) in your face to encourage skin regeneration. Is there any like truth to that? Yeah. So basically the whole idea is it's it's leaning from like the stem cell idea, right? So really being able to put the plasma back onto your face and using that to regenerate your skin from within. And what's interesting about that stuff is that it's useful, but you you definitely shouldn't do it on your own, right? So people are doing like microneedling at home with the tools that you can buy on the market. Oh my God. Which is so, so dangerous because... <laughs> One, people don't sterilize them very well. So you're, you're creating, you're puncturing your face and then leaving room for infection to fester. That's terrifying. I had no idea people did that at home. Yeah. So you should really do this with a doctor. And it's not really even something that is totally widely done among physicians in the U.S. So it's a really burgeoning area, but I think there's some interesting stuff there. And so for La Culture Club, now rebranded to Bomb. Yeah. 
you guys wanted to create this community around skincare, skincare addicts, but transparency around skincare. It started with the newsletter. Yeah. Now it's a full-blown kind of digital <laughs> members only. It's members only still, yeah. right? And then you have your fabulous Instagram account with all the great memes that I love. <laughs> Thanks. It's a riot. <laughs> One of the things that I'm so passionate about is community when it mm-hmm. comes to talking about beauty and skincare. I don't think it's a singular thing. Right. Why was community so important? It was important because growing up, I didn't feel like I saw myself in the beauty industry, right? Like when I looked at the people who wore the faces of major beauty brands, a lot of them didn't look like me. Mm-hmm. And that was really isolating. I felt really lonely. I didn't have the benefit of like my mom to turn to for some of the questions I had, like friends. So it was really this feeling of isolation and trying to like, you know, you're growing up, you're already dealing with like your image issues. Do you mm-hmm. do you think you're beautiful or not? And then you're having breakouts you can't explain. So for me, it was about connecting with other people and realizing wow, I'm not alone in this, right? Like that's how my co-founder and I even started working together on this was because she felt similarly about the way I felt about beauty and skincare. And that was so cathartic to be able to talk to her. She was already my friend, but to talk about this too was so wonderful. So, I mean, it really began with the fact that I felt isolated. And when you now look around you, there are incredible examples of the entire spectrum of what beauty can look like, which is so beautiful. And we feel like we can contribute to that, which is amazing. And we now have theme songs like Brown Skin Girl yes. to like start your day. So, I mean, things have changed so much. And I have a little sister who is 10. And I just feel so grateful that she's not growing up in that same environment that I am. Where she didn't see that that representation. Yes. Yeah. Like she's going to have a black Ariel. Yes. Right. Like that's so wonderful. And so the way that you perceive yourself in terms of how beautiful you are is just changing. And you have people to talk to about that, too. Absolutely. So being a woman of color in the beauty industry where there aren't a lot of black women. Yeah. How important do you feel like it is to put your face out there and to really be visible? It's because, you know, some entrepreneurs want to be behind the brand and yes. totally silent. Some people, I would argue for, for me and what I do with Naked Beauty, like I am the, the brand thing. and the brand yeah. is me, you know. Yeah. How, how do you kind of reconcile that? Oh, it was hard because I think there was a level of feeling a little bit of imposter syndrome like okay like should i be putting myself out there i think the mission's so important wait, 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 i don't want to feel like i'm hold on it. why imposter syndrome you studied this at harvard <laughs> I, know. I mean what what is there to be insecure about i know I people mean, far less qualified <laughs> pretend to be experts on on skincare yeah things. i mean i think this is like, like part of socialization and it wasn't that i didn't grow up feeling confident in myself mm-hmm. in fact i'd say that my perception of my beauty came from my dad he constantly told me when i was growing up that i looked beautiful just the way i was totally natural on the flip side i wasn't allowed to wear makeup or anything like that <laughs> because my parents are really strict so i was like sure dad whatever you're just saying that because I can't do what I want. But I definitely had a sense that like, and he told me this, you know, you can do anything. There's no reason why you can't. You you look beautiful just the way you are. You don't have to alter anything about yourself. And still, there's that little voice in the back of your head that's like, how dare you? Like, who do you think mm-hmm. you are? And it's about trying to shut that voice out. Like, it's helpful to have that because it pushes you. You're like, 
well, I definitely deserve to be the face of this because I worked for this. I understand what's going on. And I think I can have something. I have something to say. I have something to add. So it's constantly that battle. But being the face, I never want to take away from the broader mission of the company. But I think that the the company does need a face to look at and say, wow, like this person is living out that mission as well. And that's that's what I want to do. And the thing that I think also comes up is even I'm looking at your book cover here. Yeah. Beautiful. But the the woman on the cover, her race, let's say, is abstract, Mm -hmm. right? It's not clearly a black woman. It's not clearly a white woman. Yeah. And I think I'm just guessing that a lot of that has to do with wanting the broadest reach possible when you're talking about skincare, because so much of this book is about the science of skincare Mm -hmm. and the actual facts. It's not necessarily a book about skincare for black women. Yeah. Did you did you think about that even when you were approaching the illustration and artwork? Yeah. So uh, I got to work with an incredible illustrator. And a lot of what I was doing when I was writing the book was I felt that it was important that I was writing this because I'm a young black woman, but I didn't want it to be a book only for young black women. Mm. I think that what's incredible about where we're going is that like a black person can do things and not just for black people yes. it can be for everybody yeah of course like, i think the fu- like the the greatest evolution would simply be for black entrepreneurs to just be entrepreneurs yes right yes and not have the qualifier and so for absolutely. me i i absolutely recognize like what it means for me to be doing this and for me to write a book like this that's not just like fluff but like has real substance behind yes. it but it's not just for black people and black people can give something that everyone can have. Right. Absolutely. That's our, my perspective can be universal and yeah. can teach other people. Yes. I love that. I love that. And there were so many moments just going through this book where like I underline things I'm writing in the margins. <laughs> One of the things that I love that you talk about is because I think here's my observation. People love skincare. Uh huh. But they don't necessarily want to do the self-education <laughs> and work to figure out a routine. They actually, people want to be told what to do. What to do, yeah. And so I love that you just say what to do. <laughs> and one of my favorite, favorite tips, so this is, you're kind of have this whole thing about set-aside time. So you say deep cleanse before bed, mask while you get dressed, sheet mask on Sundays, and then exfoliate midweek. You should only exfoliate <laughs> one to two times a week to remove dead skin cells and rejuvenate your skin. I like to do Wednesdays to mark the first half of the week gone, and then the weekend it's on its way. <laughs> I always get so scared about over exfoliation, right? Because like I don't rem- yes. I don't remember like did I exfoliate? Did I did yeah. I do a glycolic acid? Did I? I love this idea of making Wednesdays your exfoliation day so that you can keep track of how often you're exfoliating. Because a lot of people are damaging their um, what's it called your skin barrier. Yes, absolutely, and it's exactly that. And part of why you might even forget or not realize you're exfoliating is because people don't understand everything that's in their product. So, mm. like your toner might be an exfoliator. an exfoliator, and you might use that every single day, and then add maybe a scrub midweek, right? Yep. But you've already over exfoliated. Yes. And so I like having that specific day because it's easy. Like mm-hmm. I don't have to think about it. It's Wednesday. I know what to do. Yes. That was the thing. You know, when you walk into the bathroom, you look in the mirror. And you're like, okay, like, what's step one? You know, I wanted it to be super clear. Yes. And also, this is exactly how I write it down for myself to make it super easy. So I don't have to think about it when I'm in a pinch. I know what to do. And, you know, I went to to the dermatologist recently and I walked home with like four different products. Two of them were exfoliants. 
in two different types. And one was like a retinol, which also exfoliates Ooh, your what, skin. What, what type of retinol? I've, I've just started using retinol. Altrino is what I've been using. It's oh, a that's really cool. One. So my dermatologist has her own line of products. So ah, I wanted to try out some okay. of her stuff. Her name is Dr. Halem. And I, I love her products. And so it was a really cool retinol because it was light. It was really easy to apply. But then I also had a kojic acid. And what I wish we had talked about was like, the day of the week, I should use each of these things. Right. Like, you know, your retinol, you use at night, but like maybe I have sensitive skin, so I should really lay off of like the kojic acid the same day I'm going to use my, you know, on the same day I'm using my right. retinol at night or not put it in my nighttime routine. And one day I just forgot and I put them all on my face. And you broke out. And I woke up and I was so devastated. I was like, what happened? And I looked back and it was as soon as I deviated from the really easy regimented way about going about it, I had made a mistake. Yes, And it sucks that you set yourself back. But what's really great is that it's really easy to get back on track because you're like, okay, I made that mistake. It won't happen again. This is going to be just fine. Yes. What is kojic acid? So basically, it's just another type of exfoliator. And it's really great if you have sensitive skin because it's not as extreme as some of the other acids. Can you get it over the counter? You can get it over the counter as well. So it just depends on your skin type. For some people, it's a little bit more harsh. For other people, it's a little bit more calm. So it, it really depends. So for me, I'm probably going to lay off of it because my skin may be a little too sensitive. But I wouldn't know unless I had tried it. Yeah. So I think in the future, I also made the mistake of introducing multiple products at once. You know, that's yep. something else I talk about. You know, you get overexcited even when you know, right? Yep. Yep. Like, so, um, so yeah, it's it's all a journey. It's a process. And in, even for retinol, I've been thinking, I've been spending a lot of time in the sun. It's August. Yeah. Great. But, you know, I do my retinol at night, but I don't always wash my face in the morning, usually. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm in the sun so much, I actually now do a full cleanse in the morning as well because I'm like, I don't want any retinol. Even don't. with sunscreen over, I just cannot wear retinol in the sun. It is not a good idea. No yeah. one should be ready wearing retinol in the yeah. sun, which is why you do it at night because you're not going to be in the sun. Yes. Uh, but do you usually wash your face in the morning? Yeah, I do. I wash really? my face morning and night. If you're going to choose a time of day, though, I say do it at night. You yeah. want to get the day off your face. Of course. And so if you have only time for one or the other, I say nighttime, but I do it both in the morning and the night. And at night, I'll probably, I usually do a double cleanse. Okay. First with oil. And Mm -hmm. then what's your cleanser of choice? My cleanser, my favorite cleanser, this is one I've bought multiple times, is Lay You. It's by Biologique Recherche. It's this wonderful milky cleanser. Oh, yes. Um, It's just so creamy and I love it. And so that's really good. If you're looking for a double cleanse solution, Then I Met You has come out with a great line. It's a balm and then like a water gel based cleanser dual action situation. So you get two products in one for your double cleanse, which makes it super easy so you don't have to to find one or pick. That's but great. Balms are really cool. I love that they're just thicker. They have, you know, they're oils, but they're yes. thicker. And I'll even use like a face brush, like a really gentle one okay. while I'm doing that just to get the physical ex- cleansing action going too. Speaking of tools, you wrote something that made me so happy because I have this paranoia about my towels not being clean enough, and I clean them yes. once a week. Yeah. But you said, make sure that you clean once a week. And I was like, okay, good, I'm doing that. But I yeah. thought, I've actually been kind of like psycho about it where I've been getting these like special washcloths and just... Uh-huh. Every time I use it, just like putting in the wash and using another one. Yeah. So you don't have to do that once a week. Is you fine. don't have to. But I love that, too, because okay. <laughs> sometimes 
I'll use a face cloth and I'm like, I feel like it's not clean enough anymore. There's a lot of product on here and I want to get it out. So I will change. I have, I have lots of face cloths, Yeah. by the way. But the thing about your towel is unless you separate them, it's your towel is also wiping your whole body. You know, you're oh, using yeah, your, yeah, multi, yeah. your hair, multiple mm-hmm. things. So that buildup adds up over the course of a week. So that's really what I'm talking about with a face cloth. You could reuse it. But I also do like the freshness of a new one. Yes. So I literally just went on Amazon and you can buy like a 50 pack for $10. Yeah. $10. Do, do you know the name of the brand? I, it's just like Amazon face cloths. <laughs> like, Amazing. Okay. They're really easy. They're super soft. They're great. And I, I just have a lot of them in my closet at home. I love yes. that. And having the background that you have, yeah. I know that you look at labels and read all of the ingredients yeah. before you decide to buy. Now, Biologique Recherche, it's yeah. not a line that has worked for me, mm. which I've talked about and have yeah. had varying responses. Like P50 just wasn't for me. P50 is harsh. It's super harsh. Yeah. And it's just very toxic. And I'm yeah. just not, it's not my vibe, but yeah. some people love it. Yeah. Now, the cleanser, I've, I've looked at it. It's very expensive. Mm-hmm. So much of skincare is the costs are exorbitant. Yeah. How do you determine what's really worth spending money on? Like, what are the what are the when you're looking at the ingredients? How do you say, okay, this is something that I'm going to actually spend my hard earned money on? So the way that I look at it is I look at the order of ingredients. Yes. And so if a product is like, oh, like this is like a green tea cleanser. And if that green tea ingredient isn't in the top five to ten which, ingredients. Which is very common. Yeah. I'm like, this may not be worth my money. Yes. Because they've probably diluted it with a lot of things. There's a really great cleanser by French Girl. The name is escaping me right now. But it's mostly aloe vera. They don't actually use water as a base, which is so cool. And that's another thing that a lot of products do is it's basically water and then a product or ingredients diluted with a ton of water. Water. Right. And so what I love about that product is that it's mostly aloe vera, which in and of itself is a great agent for your skin. So I look at the order of things and that helps me look at whether they focus on bringing quality to the product Mm -hmm. or just sort of following a trend. Yes. But other than that, I do a lot of shopping around with my product in the sense that I'll send it to like a cosmetic scientist and I trust Ooh. send it to like another friend who I really trust and I'm like do you think this is worth it what do you think so I have like my little committee yes that I go to as well which is really really helpful for yes me. and I'm actually very flattered so many people DM me and they're like I'm buying cleanser right now is this a good one yeah and, and I always try to give advice I try, I try to be very responsive <laughs> on DM for Naked Beauty Planet but yeah it is good to just get that second opinion yeah and for me I'm asking a question about like what do you think about this formulation? Because mm. sometimes what works for you won't work for me. That's right? so true. Like that That's so true. Like that yeah. conversations, I probably wouldn't go to you because you it doesn't work for you. Yeah, and true. It may work for me. It may not work yeah. for me. So thinking about the right questions to ask the right people is also super important. Ingredients to know about. Again, another section that I love of your book. When I was in Seoul, which I honestly, I want to do like a two-week beauty. Best place on earth. Like... But it's so funny because we were in Seoul for a day and they're like, do you want to see temples? Do you want? And I was like, nope. <laughs> Take me to Myeongdong. I want to buy products. <laughs> went straight there and literally just went to all of these shops. And it's like they're like five years in the future. It's crazy. I'm obsessed. Going down there. I got some like makeup, like some lip tints, things that I have never even seen in the States. Yeah. It's incredible. I need to go back. I'm obsessed. 
But when I was there, I got a snail cream. I think the brand is called Mizon. Mizon. Okay. I'll link to it in the show notes. But I got a snail. It was my first time using anything with snail extract in it. But then yeah. when I saw your like ingredients, <laughs> know that I saw snail mucus was yeah. like one of the first, and I was like, yay! <laughs> Talk to us about snail mucus and why it's good for your skin. So I put that in there because it had been something that was coming up a lot in the zeitgeist. People were really talking a lot about it. And what's really great about snail mucus is that it's really hydrating and moisturizing. It's something that is produced naturally by the snail. So if you're thinking about like interesting, innovative ingredients that are also natural, it has that element as Mm -hmm. well. And it's really great for inspiring sort of renewal on the skin as well. So like those are all interesting reasons. And it's like a funky ingredient. If you want to spice up your skincare life, I think it's a fun ingredient to reach for. And we've Got to be honest, it's a big part of why we got really interested in K-Beauty. It was like they were bringing that to the West, which has been so cool about the international beauty scene. Them bringing ingredients to us that we never thought about, but they've been using for generations. Yes. Right. That's another reason why I love that cross-cultural aspect of snail mucus. I feel like rice water is Mm -hmm. becoming huge again. I know Tatcha Beauty, like their essence that I love has like rice. Mm -hmm. Is it rice aminos? Yeah, my science is not like yeah. on point, but and then <laughs> I know that a lot of women with natural hair. I'm seeing this huge trend now where they're doing these rice water rinses for hair growth. Oh, that's cool! I yeah. have not seen that. It's almost like a protein treatment. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and it's just rice water, and yeah. they're like washing their hair with it and seeing like amazing results. I've been watching all and and from YouTubers that I really trust, like great results. I love that. The hair space has been a big point of growth for me because growing up with my hair, it was basically just braided. Like, yes. I didn't do a Where lot Where did of- you grow up? I grew up actually in Westchester. Okay, really okay, upstate New York. Yeah. yeah. So did you come into the city, like come into Harlem and get your hair braided, or did you get it done out there? Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Like my mom would drive me down, yes. drop me off, and yes. come, pick, and come pick me up. Twelve hours later. <laughs> yeah. And it was like. I mean, I was doing braids and like quote unquote protective styles before they were called protective yes, styles. Yes, I know. And I was like on YouTube and I was like, what, what does that mean? Like I've just styles. been braiding my yeah. hair my whole life. Yeah. So what I've loved seeing is this renaissance, particularly in the natural hair space for ingredients for us. Cause like we grew up with like pink lotion. Oh right? my God. Which is like negative nutrients. Yeah. Right. No, it's it's actually crazy. <laughs> it's actually insane how long we were using that and like piling it in. Blue magic. Is that yes. is that part of your, your hair regimen as a ten year old? I can't even look back at that time period because it was so it's it's actually kind of sad how little we knew about taking yeah, care of our own hair. Totally. And I'm still learning. And it was, again, another thing where, like, I was teaching my mom about some of the natural hair stuff yeah. that was going on. And, like, she went natural after I did. Yeah, so same it's with been my mom. such a journey. Yes. Right? So when I see the things like the rice washes and things like that, it's all exciting to me because I'm, I'm loving this new renaissance. I'm reticent to try new things with my hair because like I'm still getting to know it. Yeah. So more than, more often than not, it's like braided in some ways. I also just love braids, but I love hearing about these new trends and yes. I'm trying to figure out what works for me. I've loved Diva Curl products. Yes. I love their products. products. Like they're just like amazing. My brothers use them. And they like the them. Yeah. Yeah. Their hair, they do they do better with their hair than <laughs> I do. Like You know what? You have to pick your thing. I think you have to pick your thing. You do. You skin do. care, hair care, working out, <laughs> mental well being, like you can only do so much. In cooking the day. for yourself, keeping your room clean. I love cooking. Yeah. Not a big keeping my room clean person. That's my well, boyfriend's job. <laughs> yeah, no, same same between me and my husband. 
So it's so good to hear that you love cooking because the hesitance that I think people feel about making their own skincare products. Yeah. I think a lot of it comes from not feeling comfortable in the kitchen. Like, I think that there's yeah. a link, right? Like, if you know you can jump into the kitchen and whip up some, like, a nice omelet for yourself. So good, yeah. You can also jump into the kitchen and do a nice egg white face mask with a little honey. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's not that intimidating. Mm-hmm. But I do think that people need to think about making their own skincare with the same trust they have in themselves that they were making, like, a, a little salad for themselves. Like, it's not that scary. It's really not. And what's awesome is that food-grade ingredients and products are even better for your skin than some of the Absolutely. ingredients. Absolutely. In your actual skincare products. Absolutely. So from a safety perspective, you should feel no qualms about it. Yes. It's obviously just like, I don't know where to go. Like, what do I do? Give me a recipe. There's a lot of people like that. I'm not a recipe person. I'm so happy you said that because the biggest issue that I have is people say, well, how many drops of this oil? And I'm like, I, mean, I, I just eyeballed it. And But I, but yeah. you know what? I've been actually trying so hard to be better about giving measuring myself yes. so I can share that recipe because yeah. I'm just like doing it off a of feeling. A little bit of this, a little yeah. bit of that. I mean, it all comes down to like the mixture and consistency. It's, it's kind of like with the whole moisturizer thickness preference, right? Yes. I grew up with Vaseline on my face, so it was... <laughs> <laughs> really thick. Um, but that also meant that because I had the eczema, like I wanted thicker lotions. Like if it wasn't thick, I felt like it was doing nothing. And that's oftentimes because it was water-based and really light. So it really wasn't enough. I think similarly, people are trying to figure out, okay, like what's the consistency of this DIY mask I'm supposed to use? Like what is it supposed to look like? It's yes. the same when you're like meditating. You're like, am I doing, am I doing it, right? it? Yeah. yeah is, it, is it working yet? And because all of our skin is different, doing it DIY gives you the opportunity to give your skin what it needs. And that's the most important thing. It's not about the right number of drops. It's not about exactly how many spoonfuls. It's about making it right for you. And testing. And and I have a little skincare journal. So when something works well, I write down what it was. I see how my skin reacts after. Let's talk about more of these ingredients. Licorice (laughs) root mask. Yeah. Licorice root. I have not used that in any skincare. Should I be? I think it's something to definitely try. It's a really cool ingredient. It depends on your skin, though. It can be calming for some people, a little bit activating for others. But I love the smell, the feeling on my face. It can have a little bit of a cooling effect, too, Mm. depending on the product. So definitely go for it. Hyaluronic acid. A go-to for anyone who needs hydration and moisturizing. And I have dry skin, but I don't know. I think a lot of my products just have hyaluronic acid in In them. them. Yeah. But I don't know that... I use it on its own. I use squalene oil mm-hmm. on That's its own. That's also really good, too. Um, but should I be using, like, a pure hyaluronic acid? Yeah. And actually, there are products that have, like, five different types of hyaluronic acid, which are really cool. If you want to, f- like, like, there's dupes on Amazon that you can use. I think Dr. Barber's Barbara Sturm has a really great hyaluronic acid serum as well. It's a little bit more expensive, but it's probably the best one I've ever tried really? because of the tackiness. So a lot of hyaluronic acid serums can be really sticky and tacky, which doesn't feel great. And hers is like really smooth. Yes. But my co-founder found a really awesome Amazon dupe one that's also really Ooh. smooth and it has five different types. I Will can you send find, me that yeah, link? I'll, I'll add it to you. the show she, notes. She loves that as well. Squalene is also great. It's like basically you can use it as an alternative to hyaluronic acid if you want to as well. I think they're really great agents to use and you can use them and mix them in your other products yes right like if you get them as a serum serum. yeah Yeah. exactly so like the ordinary might be a great place also to just get like a pure hyaluronic acid yes can we talk about the ordinary okay 
Okay. I have their AHA, mm-hmm. that, that beet red yeah. wash off face mask. I have sensitive skin. Mm-hmm. I left it on for like two minutes. It kind of still stung. I used it like one or two more times, but it still stung. Yeah. It was very inexpensive, which is maybe also why I'm not like feeling this pressure to use it all the time. It's almost mm-hmm. like the less you spend on skincare, <laughs> like the less like guilty you feel about not using it. Yeah. Um, I don't know how I feel about their products. I know a lot of people love the ordinary. Yeah. How do you feel about the ordinary? So, Barring the like drama, PR drama, yep. like around let's, them, let's skip that. Le- leaving that out the door. What is good about them is the price point enables you to try new things. Mm. If you're figuring it out, like I think it's a great gateway to finding different niche ingredients that you want to try. Like if you want to try your AHAs, like it's really inexpensive. And then you might then find another product Ooh, that you like, like up level and up the level, right? It's so like. Interesting. Because, you know, with new products, you know, you want to try and spot test if you can, right? Like try a little bit on your hand or a little section of your face. And you don't want to do that with a $100 product, right? obviously, because you're left with the whole product left if it didn't work for you. Mm -hmm. If it does, then great. So it's a great place to just sort of try things out. Um, And because they sell you, you know, their serums, they're just pure and concentrated of that one ingredient. Yes. It's good to also isolate. So when you're looking at another formula, you're like, okay, well, I thought this hyaluronic acid would be good for me. And it's not that the hyaluronic acid is bad. It may be something else in the formula. So it allows you to just isolate. So like a little science experiment, you need to figure out like what was the control group. Your control group, yeah, that contributed to this outcome, and you can rule out those other things. That's super smart. That's what I'll say about them um, is the main reason I would use them. Yeah. Two other ingredients that I don't know enough about, probiotics in masks and polypeptides. Yes. So probiotics are something that I've been really excited about to see emerge and grow in the industry because what I love about them is going back to the natural thing. It's something that is from your body that you get to put right back onto your body. So when you think about the different bacteria that live in your gut or live on your skin, we previously thought that we shouldn't have any bacteria, right? Mm -hmm. Like when it came to our skin, a lot of the industry was designed around removing bacteria from festering in a product, you know, from a a safety perspective. Yes, of course. And then for the skin, we saw bacteria because of P. acnes was causing the acne that we were seeing. Whereas we actually need to have acnes, P. acne bacteria on our face. That's actually really beneficial for preventing breakouts. So... The entire industry was designed around eliminating that, and that was causing incredibly high rates of adult acne, and, and it's emerging where it's going longer into your life. Where yeah, a lot of I people, still get acne. I'm yeah, 30. You're like, I, I should be done with yes. this. And that's because our ingredients, our products were designed around eliminating bacteria. And instead, we need to be feeding them. We need to be making sure that they're feeling healthy. They basically are this living environment in our face that helps us protect against bacteria and keep things in balance, right? And so it's really interesting. It's part of why, you know, even when an in a product isn't designed to kill bacteria. There are things like preservatives that are specifically meant to prevent bacteria from growing in the product yes. that can actually do the same on your face. Are there any probiotic masks that you swear by? That I swear by? 
No, but I will say there are ingredients that I think you should look out for. So what like lactobacillus is really common. This is a bacteria that lives in your gut, which is interesting. Bifidobacteria also lives in your gut, which are really great. So I really f- try to focus on bacteria that are native to the body. There's different studies that think about and, and work through whether bacteria from the gut is helpful for the skin, whether you should only focus on skin bacteria. So far, there's no real reason to avoid them, but I think they can be really helpful for people. So those are really the way the way that I think about going about it. But I haven't found one that I like absolutely died yes. by, I have to say. I've tried one from Alginist. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Yeah, That's I actually really just good. tried one of their um, masks the other week, and I really enjoyed it. Which was really cool was you rubbed it. And it changed, and it changed color. color. That's yeah. the same one that I tried. Yeah, and I have to look deeper into it, but my suspicion is that the bacteria is probably not active in the formula, and then, and then when you rub skin. it in, uh. that action of breaking it up. So what they, a really cool technology that's out there is encapsulating the bacteria. And so you need a physical action to break the capsule and release the bacteria. So fascinating. So it's so interesting. So I'm assuming that's what's happening there. But I thought that mask was actually really great. I just yes. tried it last week. I, I loved it. So that's something I'll probably use again. And what's the deal with polypeptides? I know we need them. Yeah. Don't really know what they are. <laughs> My dermatologist was like, okay, ingredients you need, polypeptides in your in your, in your um, routine. Um, it's really just looking at proteins and so using proteins to support good skin aging and um, skin elasticity and firmness. So they're really helpful for that and just really building and fortifying the skin's uh, mantle. So I think they're really important. You should try them. I don't feel like they're as common as some other ingredients. I think that's definitely an area where I'd love to see more products with polypeptides to make it more accessible. But I don't blame you if you haven't used them. Yes. They're just they're definitely like the next level. When you've gone through your hyaluronic acids, you're figuring out what's exactly well the drunk elephant polypeptide proteiny moisturizer is Mm -hmm. great. And I Mm -hmm. think it's like pretty price accessible. My my husband's and I share it. Oh awesome. Do you guys share a lot of products? No, because he doesn't like oils, which I'm like, are you crazy? I'm like, I am blending the finest, like, (laughs) evening primrose, sea buckthorn oil. I'm like, people would pay so much money to use these products. And he's like, I don't want any oils near my face. So at me. (laughs) I know, right? In terms of your personal skincare, like, what are your favorite, favorite products? Okay, so the Lay You is definitely my favorite cleanser of all time. And a mask that I actually really love is Clinique has this really inexpensive clay mask that I use all the time. And why buy the clay mask versus just buying the clay and and mixing it yourself? Is it just convenience and preference? Yeah, I think what I like about them when I want something easy, because you can buy like your bentonite clays and mix and Mm -hmm. things like that, which is also great. What I just have loved about this product is that I just can just put it on my face. Yes. Um, but I also use it as a spot treatment when I have a new pimple. Got I it. talk about this all the time. My co-founder's like probably rolling her eyes right now. <laughs> but I put it on when I have a new pimple and it's a really great way to reduce the inflammation. So the first step when you have a new breakout is you're trying to reduce the size of it. And that comes from inflammation. That's the inflammatory response from your immune system. And so what's really great about this is that it immediately like... Within 10 minutes, it starts to shrink my my pimples. So that's mm. one of the, my favorite things about this mask is I can use it just daily or just as a regular mask. But when I have a problem, 
I can put it on in that specific area and it does yes. the job. Like, what I've, type of clay is it? It's like a charcoal based. Oh, uh, I love a charcoal. I just yeah, I charcoal have the little mask. capsules that I travel with. Oh, really? Just like the, yeah, the plain charcoal and yeah, I'll yeah, mix yeah. it with water and yeah, do spot treatments. Yeah, it's it's so amazing. This charcoal mask is like the best. Oh. It's and it's a great value. I think it's like a fifteen dollar product or something or twenty dollars. Yeah, it's really great. Anything else you love? Anything else I'm loving? Okay, so this brand called Carter and Jane has this a beautiful oil. It's called the Everything Oil, mm. and it's prickly pear seed oil. And they, it's like mostly prickly pear seed oil. Yeah, and that's another reason why I love them is they formulate to give you the most benefit possible, and it's incredible. It's it's such a healing oil. It's got lots of vitamin E in it. It's the most luxurious feeling thing Ooh. I put on my face and they source it directly from Africa, which is awesome. And one thing I actually learned from Carter and Jane was about argan oil yes. because uh, so they source their prickly pear seed oil from Morocco, which is also a place where a lot of people get their argan yes, oil. Yes, I love argan oil. It's so great. The one thing I've learned about it, though, that makes me a little bit sad is that it's not a sustainable oil. So basically, these argan trees are really ancient trees that have been prepared, that have been producing the argan oil, um, the seeds, but they can't be replanted. And so basically, we're like running through a limited supply of argan. That makes me so sad. Really sad. And I was like, wow. Because when you think about the number of products that have it, I'd say argan oil for me in my even my hair care journey was like one of those like ingredients that like changed Ooh, a lot. Argan oil is expensive to use in your hair. Good well, for you. Well, <laughs> in a formulation. Oh, okay. In, like like, a, like a argan oil like, yeah, conditioner. I Got didn't it. have okay. a it's like, cure. It's like, wow. Fancy. I know. Not, love, not that level yet. But... <laughs> So what's awesome about prickly pear seed oil is that it really is sustainable. Wow. So it's like a great alternative. If you love argan, mm. you can try out the prickly pear seed okay, oil. Okay, I'm going to have to switch because now I feel so bad. I know. it. I actually... <laughs> I was like, wow, I feel really guilty about this. But it's still a wonderful oil. But I think that you use it in moderation, you know, like all things. And obviously, you're a total skincare girl. Yeah. Are there any makeup brands that you love that you feel like are good for the health of your skin as well? Because I've been been easing into clean beauty. A lot of the clean beauty brands don't have the pigment I'm looking for. Right. So I, I'm like in a hybrid, like some things are clean, some, some things, things are, are not. Yeah. toxic. I haven't done as much exploration in terms of clean beauty makeup because I never became a makeup person because my parents didn't even let yes. me wear it growing up. Yeah. But in terms of the makeup I do wear when I do use it, I Bare Minerals, their foundation is like the one that I felt has best matched my face. Okay. And they're they're pretty conscious about their ingredients, which I like about them as well. In terms of my like eye palettes, like I love a Fenty Beauty palette. Yes. Juvia's has a great palette, yes. has amazing palettes, and they're really pigmented, mm-hmm. uh, which is important to me. And then Minted Cosmetics for their for lipsticks yes. and lip balms and all the glosses and things. Like yes. they're really awesome. But yeah, I think the next exploration for me will definitely be clean beauty makeup because yes. I'm I'm easing into it. Yeah. Like at 26 yes. <laughs> into makeup. <laughs> what are your thoughts on eye cream? Okay. Slightly controversial, I Ooh. suppose. I don't Ooh. know. I think take. I think that I'm still pretty on the fence about eye creams, if I'm being honest. In terms of their effectiveness. Their effectiveness, the need for it to be a separate thing in your routine. Like, I'm not exactly convinced. The skin under your eyelids is thinner than, you know, the skin around other parts of your face, Mm -hmm. slightly. So that's part of why people are like, you should use a separate eye cream. 
But I'm not convinced that they're any more effective than the other creams you're already going to put on your face. So yes. that's where that's that's sort of where I stand with eye creams. I do enjoy the application of an eye cream or an eye like an oil for your eye area yes. because it gives the opportunity to reinforce elasticity, to massage the area, bring circulation. I think that's all really awesome. But a lot of people also use it for like dark circles and trying to work through that which i can tell you yeah i was born with dark circles i'll die with dark circles you can't get rid of them like they are there to stay yeah sorry yeah so that is another reason why i feel you know i'm on the fence about them because i i still haven't seen enough evidence that makes me feel like you have to do it sure you totally can there's some great formulations out there and you could probably use it on other parts of your face too yes i i have found that the fine lines under my eyes are reduced when i'm really diligent about using my eye cream yeah um but it's also as you note in your book as well it's drinking enough water it's getting sleep yeah the thing that i love so much that you did when you talk about water you're like okay you didn't buy this book to learn that you need to drink more water you're like (laughs) what no one talks about and there's an acronym for it that's so helpful which what what is it phlegm flume trem am i am i off i I read it and i retained the information but now i don't remember what the acronym was you know what i'm talking about i do i do (laughs) you're like just watching me struggle to find it it's was that phlegm am i like way off no, you're close. But the idea was just making sure that you're doing water every in everything, right? Okay. Like you're making sure that you're drinking it, that you're you're hydrating on your face, that it's not just sort of an afterthought in your skin routine. Yes. But what was the what was the thing about how much you drink basically dictates how much your skin holds on to water? Oh, yes. I actually, I'm literally blanking on the acronym right now as well. Yes, okay, but <laughs> It's yeah, this whole thing about it's not just about how much water it's it's not just like drinking water for water's sake. It basically mm-hmm. allows your skin to retain moisture for longer. Yeah. I mean, for a lot of what we're thinking about when it comes to hydration on the skin is how much water is leaving your skin and how much water is staying on your skin. So this whole idea of this the trans epidermal flow of water across the barrier is really important. So when you're thinking about hydrating your skin, you want to not only put water basically water onto your skin, but also seal it in there so that it's not going away Yes, as well, right? So that when you walk out the door, when it's really dry outside and you step onto an airplane, it's not just evaporating into the air, yes, <laughs> essentially, exactly. is what I was trying to say with that. And what are the beauty trends or like even just like mistakes you see people making yeah. that really drive you crazy? So that microblading was a really big one. That's one where I feel like, oh, sorry, microneedling is a really big one where I feel like people are actually maybe causing harm to their skin because you're not cleaning the tools really well. You don't really know what you're doing. It's a pretty risky procedure to just do at home on your own. Scrubs are something that I think people are becoming more cautious of. You know, there's the whole like Kylie and her walnut scrub. Yeah, physical exfoliation. Physical exfoliation causing micro tears in the skin, which is definitely not good long term as well. So that's something that I think people should be really cautious of. So finding ones that have really fine scrubs that are really fine, Mm kind of like sand almost, right? Mm -hmm. Or smaller than that, are a lot more gentle on the skin. Another trend that I think is interesting is people sheet masking on airplanes, (laughs) which is very hilarious but it's also just like 
so over the top and just for the picture. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like you don't need to do all of it's that. It's a little bit for show. But the one downside, an actual downside of that is that the airplane is so dry and the environment is basically sucking as much water out of it as it can. Uh, so you're wasting. So when you're putting anyway. a water-based sheet mask on your face or what, or like spritzing with anything, you're actually encouraging more water to leave your skin because of the airplane environment. Oh wait, wait. Okay, hold on. My like Evian spritz that I swear yeah. by every time I'm on a plane. That's not that's not doing anything. What you should do after that is put on like a thicker moisturizer to it's seal to it, seal in, it there in because otherwise the air is just is Taking... just drawing the water out of your skin. Oh wow! It's like okay. it was just very so. That's something that people don't really know. They don't and have it's the science, yeah. So I think that's something to think about. So definitely put after you do that, put on like a thick moisturizer to just seal that okay. all in there or like spritz before and then like put the moisturizer on I'm gonna before do that. as well. So that's something else that I'm seeing a lot that I'm just kind of worried about because there's yes. a lot of airplane travel going on. I know. And you need to put on sunscreen when you're on an airplane. Absolutely. Especially you if you've must. got that window seat. Yeah, especially if you get the window seat. I mean, I see people flying with full faces of makeup on and it really stresses yeah. me out. I never do that. I really never do that. I honestly, if I'm getting on an airplane... Whenever I get off that airplane, I need to have access to a bathroom. I need like a 30 minute reprieve between <laughs> to just like prepare because like you step on the airplane, you're like, no one's supposed to see me now. I'm having a little bit of me time. And yeah. when I get off, I can prepare and like be ready to see other people. Yes. So I really don't encourage using that on the airplane either. Okay. Final question for you. Mm-hmm. When do you feel most beautiful? In the morning light. Okay. I really, I have. Now that I think about it, maybe it's a little vain, but I actually have this beautiful like gold mirror right behind, right next to this massive window in my bedroom. And I'll go to like open the blinds and then like turn and look in that mirror and like the light's hitting my face. Yeah. And I look and I'm like, wow, you haven't done anything yet today. And like you're here and you're beautiful that I feel so, so beautiful. And in the morning light, I think being able to appreciate yourself in your most naked state is so, so important in healing. It's something I worked really hard on growing up and in my in my 20s and will continue to as I, my body changes. But I spent so much time just getting used to seeing myself with nothing on. Yes. And I think that's so, so important. I joked with a friend about catcalling, actually. <laughs> like, I actually kind of feel beautiful when someone's like, hey, beautiful, even if I don't want it. Oh, God. I do know that I'm looking good. <laughs> Okay, but okay, but for men in New York, I mean, I you know. can be in sweatpants looking so run down and they'll be like, hello, gorgeous. I Come know. over here. And you're like, <laughs> I am literally trying to just. Can I live? Yeah. Can I just live? Yeah. Um, but I thought it was funny. I mean, <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> it's funny, right? We all get it from different places. Yes. Yes. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Mandy, for coming on the Naked Beauty podcast and giving us all of this information. I'm going to, you're not here to sell your book, but I'm going to sell your book on, on your behalf. <laughs> I think fresh face, simple routines for beautiful glowing skin every day is so helpful, especially for people that are at the beginning of their skincare journey, just trying to figure out what the hell do I do? I know. And in what order? And like, what are the ingredients I should be looking at? What should I be? What can I make in my kitchen? I love this book. Thank you for creating it. And thank you for creating the balm and this whole community. And I hope we can like work together soon. I would love that. Okay, amazing. Thank you guys so much for listening. Bye.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 